Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. And proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. Ocean State Bird Club loves talking birds. Every month we invite you to see the latest avian activity around Rhode Island on one of our free walks. Check out our schedule on our website, OceanStateBirdClub.org, and follow us on Facebook for the latest and greatest in birding that Rhode Island has to offer. Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 736. Just the other night, while hoping to see a common nighthawk fly over the rooftops of Boston, we were taking an online quiz which had to do with identifying photos of European birds. We're trying to. And one of the birds in the quiz was the pied wagtail, a sharply patterned black and white songbird that almost constantly wags its tail. But who knew we'd come across a pied wagtail again just a couple of days later when it showed up on live TV and was seen by millions of people all around the world. In case you missed it, here's a hint. That is the crowd at Wimbledon. It's a great tennis tournament, the All England Club in London, where several times during the current matches, a pied wagtail strutted out onto center court until the ball boys unceremoniously chased it away, while the commentators also failed to offer any respect, referring to the wagtail only as the bird. By the way, I believe that the men's final... Djokovic versus Federer is now underway at Wimbledon. Have a great match, boys, but watch out for that wagtail. While we're on the subject of watching things on telly, we want to thank Steve and Mary Ellen from up in Apple Valley, Minnesota, for sending us an absolutely wonderful video from Croatia about a white stork and the human who loves him. You can find the video on our Talking Birds Facebook page. And if you're a softy like some of us around here, you may want to have some tissues ready for uh, when you watch it. Can you hear that? It's the sound of our mystery bird. This is a preview of our mystery bird contest coming along a little bit later in our show. Some clues to help you get ready for that. Our mystery bird is a small songbird with a dark streaked brown back and whitish underparts with brown or blackish streaks on the breast and sides. It has a whitish crown and eyebrow stripes, and usually a small yellow patch just in front of the eye. Our bird winters in southern U.S. and Mexico, and summers in much of the northern U.S. and Canada, feeding mostly on seeds on or near the ground. It was named after a southeastern city by famed 19th century ornithologist Alexander Wilson, who collected a specimen there. We're not saying which state it is, but we may add that later uh, if uh, necessary. On our mystery bird contest coming along a little bit later in this morning's show. Extra, extra, read all about it. Here are some of the stories and videos we have for you on our Facebook page this week. Misheard birds of North America a cartoon collection from our avian artist friend, Rosemary Mosco, is on our page right now. 
An unusual orange-colored bird baffled animal rescue folks in the United Kingdom until they noticed the curry powder. We'll connect you to the story from the New York Post. And Snowball the Cockatoo is back in the news. Scientists say he has taught himself 14 dance moves. Find a link to the Washington Post story about it on our page. And that's some of what is on there right now. You can also find those last two stories online. And you can find Rosemary's cartoons, too, through an online search. Meanwhile, we have... Four thank yous to issue to great new Talking Birds listeners who have become Talking Birds ambassadors, thereby helping to spread the word about our show and about birds and conservation. Thank you to Bonnie Taglarini from Abington, Massachusetts. Glad to hear you enjoy our show, Bonnie, and thank you for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. Thanks to Bonnie E. from Sutton's Bay, Michigan, recent big winner in our uh, Make Your Own Swag contest. And Bonnie says, I think the show should be longer. Well, we're still working on that, uh, Bonnie. And thanks for the suggestion. And special thanks for not saying that you think the show should be shorter. Thank you to Wendy Tochi from Kingston, New York. She says, my mother loves your show and listens every Sunday. She actually signed me up because she knows that I'm active in my local natural history group, the John Burroughs Natural History Society in Ulster County, New York. We observe all sorts of natural happenings, but tend to have a bias towards birding. I would be more than happy to spread the word to my bird nerd friends. All right, thank you, Wendy. And thank you to Maddie Bozen from Brooklyn, New York. Big fan of the show here, she says. It's been informative to me as a new birder and relaxing uh, to me as a New York City subway commuter. She says, I usually listen to the podcast on my hour-long Monday morning commute. Well, thank you, Maddie, and glad to hear the lights are back on in Manhattan this morning. Well, Talking Birds listeners, whether you listen live or by podcast, out in the country or on the subway, we hope you'll join Maddie and Wendy and both Bonnies as a Talking Birds ambassador. Allow us to send you some of our info cards for you to hand out at your convenience to friends and neighbors and fellow birders. To join up, just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com, click on the contact button, and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. Still to come on our show today, we'll catch up with Mike O'Connor in our Let's Ask Mike segment, and we'll meet a lady from Australia right here in our studio. And up next, a bird with a beak that reminds some people of those candy corn candies is today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. No, that's not a speeded-up recording of a horse whinny. It's actually a bird, a member of the Ralidae family, which includes gallinules, moorhens, coots, and rails. And here's that same bird making a very different sound. It's the Sora, sometimes called the Sora rail or the Sora crake, the most abundant and widespread rail in North America though it's more often heard than seen. The Sora's appearance is pretty striking, with dark gray-brown upper parts, a gray breast, dark gray flanks and belly with white bars, a short yellow bill, and a black face and bib. And although Sora's can be secretive, they will sometimes be seen feeding in full view, 
foraging for snails and crustaceans, spiders and insects in their marshy habitat. The Sora seems to be a weak flyer, but it apparently doesn't know that since it migrates hundreds of miles every year between its breeding territory, which covers the northern half of the U.S. and most of Canada, to its wintering grounds, ranging from the southern U.S. to South America. And it's a pretty good swimmer, even though it doesn't have webbed feet. Local names for the Sora include Carolina Rail, Soree, and Meadow Chicken, and a group is collectively known as an ache, or an expression, or a whinny of Soras. Porzana, Carolina, the Sora, today's Talkin' Birds, featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show, number 736. As always, we issue the invitation to visit our website. That's TalkinBirds.com with no G in Talkin'. And we also hope to invite you, or we do invite you, we hope you will follow the invitation to visit us at, um, let's see, um, Instagram and Facebook and the other one, Twitter, at TalkinBirds. Got it. All right. Well, we first met Freya McGregor when she moved to the Boston area and she became a Talking Birds listener and a Talking Birds ambassador and came to visit us at Talking Birds World Headquarters. And she is with us right now in our Talking Birds studio. Good morning, Freya. Good day, Ray. Well, let's try that again. That wasn't your fault. It's uh, it's our our technical crew just had a little. You can say good morning again if you like. We think we heard you off mic, but. Uh, Good day, Ray. How's we, it going? We wanted to get that real clear <laughs> Australian sound, and it's not McGregor. It's McGregor. Am I right? Yeah, we. Yeah. I think Australians tend to um, do a bit of a nasal thing at the end yeah. of a lot of words. So I, yeah, I say McGregor. And you drop the R, but we do the same thing here in Boston. But when you do it, it just sounds better. Oh somehow. well, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> it's a matter of opinion, I think. <laughs> we what? don't think we don't think our accent sounds all that oh, great. Oh, okay. Well, we like it. You were <laughs> born and raised in Australia, famous for its amazing birds. Uh, most of which can be found nowhere else, but it wasn't good enough for you, so you came here to the U.S. <laughs> because the birds here are so much better. Is that is that right? Uh, well, something like that. Yeah. Um, I met a, a, a charming Texan, um, ah. and so found myself quite quickly moving to Texas, um, which is when I realized that so my parents are big bird watchers back in Australia, and I'd always had binoculars in my hand as a little kid, and they'd mm-hmm. be pointing out different birds. Um, but I didn't ever go out of my way to look for birds. Um, it was more just a thing that I did because my parents told me to do it. Um, and it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't until I moved to Texas that I realized there were all these birds around me that I didn't, suddenly I didn't know what any of them were called. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, found myself with a field guide and then a pair of binoculars and suddenly realized yeah. I'd turn into a bird watcher. Wow. <laughs> but you missed all those birds back in Australia, but you go back there and see them uh, from time to time. Australia is sometimes called the land of parrots. I guess there are many varieties of parrots there, but tell us about some of the more other other incredible birds there. Yeah, Australia. well, there's there's actually 56 species of parrots in Australia. So 56 that's, only. All right. It's, it's a few. <laughs> and they're all really bright and happy and mm-hmm. make a lot of noise. So people notice mm. them, I think, pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but one of the famous birds in Australia that I hear uh, mispronounced a lot in, in the U.S. Yeah. is the emu. 
Yeah. We call it, we, we just say emu. Emu. Yeah, right? it's not a cow. It doesn't moo. It doesn't moo. It, it's good it, way it's, to remember. It's friendly. It likes me and you. So oh. it's an emu. Got that, Tim? Um, All right. Yep, got okay. it. Right. Yeah. So, Tim, can you, have, how would you emu? Emu. There we go. Wow. That's how you do oh. it. That was pretty good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And you have incredible wrens because you gave me this beautiful wren calendar from your folks back in, in Melbourne. And we have wrens here, of course, and we have some really nice wrens. But the wrens in Australia are just crazy. I mean, wow. Yeah, a lot of them are really bright colours, um, yeah. some really bright blues. Um, they're not, they have a tail that's a bit, bit longer and tends to stick up rather than sort of on a diagonal so they, uh -huh. they look they look sort of different in silhouette mm -hmm. than the wrens in North America even more extreme tail up yeah okay. yeah um, and some really really bright blues um, some with purple on them uh, really mm -hmm. yeah wrens, are, wrens in Australia are pretty great there's fairy wrens there's grass wrens there's all kinds of stuff and we famously had the uh, laughing I'm going to try to pronounce this because we say it differently here the laughing kookaburra Yes. On our show. Anybody who'd like to hear that, you can go back to our show, um, number 693, on September 9th of last year, September 9th, 2018. That was a great show. That was our live broadcast from the um, Audubon Society of Rhode Island Nature Center in Bristol. But if you don't want to do that, you can just listen right now. <laughs> Brady, did you bring one in the studio? What's going on? <laughs> so that's two of them singing, and they um they often it's a territorial call that laugh, and so often when one gets going, another one joins in, and sometimes three or four. So it can be pretty um raucous in the bush. Um, it's it's fun when you're in a good mood and they start laughing because then you're like, oh yeah, like thanks guys. But if you're if you just tripped over or something, you, you can get pretty annoyed by them laughing at you. Amazing birds are so. We all want to go to Australia. Is it far? It's kind of far, um, <laughs> but when you're from Australia, everywhere is far, so we don't oh, really okay. think about that. Um, yeah. it, it takes about 24 hours from much of the U.S. to get to yeah. Australia flying. That's in a plane. Yeah, That's in a plane. Flying, yeah. Yeah, and okay. it's, um, I mean, Australia is a continent, so um, it's, it's not just a little island. It's a pretty big place. Very big. Um, actually, the way that uh, most world maps are um, made, the projection that is used... Um, doesn't accurately show the relative size of continents. And so Australia on the map looks much smaller than it actually is. It's, it's about the same physical size as the continental US. So wow. that's something to keep in mind because it's not something, it's not a place you can just kind of whip around and see all of it in two yeah. weeks. If you do a walkabout, right? You can't walk around the whole place. I mean, I suppose think. you could. It'd take could a long take time. Take about ten years. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so, you, uh, can you give us very quickly some travel tips? Sure. Well, the, that's the big one: is to give yourself enough time to get there. Yeah. Also, you're probably going to be a bit jet lagged when you yeah. arrive, so um, that's something to keep in mind. Um, another thing to know is that, like the rest of the world that's in the southern hemisphere. Um, our seasons are the opposite to those in the Northern Hemisphere. So right now, mm -hmm. it's summer in the US, but it's winter in Australia. But even though it's July here, that doesn't mean it's not July there. Oh, it's still July. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the months don't change, <laughs> just the seasons. Very good, Ray. Very good. <laughs> See how I figure that out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's hey. what I'm here for. <laughs> we don't actually have... Um, the Australia is a lot closer to the equator than North America is. So... Um, in the, the winter isn't as cold in Australia, but it, in the summer, the parts closer to the equator are in the tropics. So that can be, um, like in December, it's 
the wet season in the north. So really like crazy downpours and really, really hot mm-hmm. and humid. That's not a nice time of year to go um, to the northern half of Australia. Um, but then this time of year, it's the dry season. It's really, really nice. Mm. Um, so that's something to be aware of too. Just time your trip depending on where you want to go. So before we go, uh, I want to ask you to tell us about something you did after you got here to the U.S. Besides meeting that chap, uh, you became a master naturalist, but not just any kind of Texas master naturalist. Yeah, so it's this really amazing program. Um, There's a lot of different states have a similar sort of master naturalist program, but it started in Texas. And um, it's a really amazing way if you're interested in any sort of nature volunteering stuff, you... um, when you uh, join up, they you do a it's a ten week uh, class. You get forty hours of instruction and field trips about things like climate and geology and birds and um, botany. And they so they teach you a bit about a whole lot of things. And then you're supposed to go out into the world and volunteer nature things. I was doing um, bird counts and leading third grade trips at the local Audubon Centre mm. and um, working in a butterfly garden. And it's a really fun thing because all the people that you meet have something in common with you because you're all interested in nature Mm -hmm. and in giving back. So um, as a new person in a brand new country where I didn't know anyone, it was a really, really great way to link in with people. Yeah. And and there are master naturalist programs in many states around the country. I'm not sure just all. uh, Not not all states. Not all states, but many. Yeah. And they sometimes do it a little. Including Massachusetts, by the way. They sometimes do it a little bit differently, like different different amounts of um, teaching and then different volunteer hour sort of requirements, but um, the same general idea. It's, it's a really great program if, if people mm-hmm. are interested in, in um, getting out mm-hmm. and contributing. Indeed. Uh, by the way, uh, a little shout out to our friend Joy Klump uh, down in Texas. She's also a Texas master naturalist, and Audrey, who's a master naturalist up in the great state of Maine. Well, that's our Freya McGregor. Could you say that again one more time? McGregor? McGregor. That's yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> She is our ambassador-in-chief, kind of our ambassador to our ambassadors, and she does a million other great things uh, for our show, including teaching us a bit about Australia and the birds there and a little bit about how to talk Australian. Uh, Let me see if I do the right closing here. Thank you, Freya, and uh, see you later, and huru. No worries. Thanks, Ray. Our mystery bird contest is coming up in just one minute. There's a crisis facing us today that reaches far beyond borders or boundaries. It's our planet, and it's in trouble. Scientists estimate that climate change will increasingly alter our planet, and many of our land and water resources will be at risk. Without them, we could lose many of the natural habitats that support life on Earth. Not only will numerous plant and animal species disappear, but the quality of life for all of us, will never be the same. What scientists haven't calculated is the power of the human will to work together to save the future of our natural world and all of its inhabitants. If you're ready to make a difference that lasts, to help protect nature and preserve life, visit the Nature Conservancy at nature.org today. That's nature.org today. By the way, if you're not hearing our Sunday morning show, there's a good way to do it. Just go online, go to TalkingBirds.com uh, for easy instructions on how to do that, or maybe you can all just figure it out. It's a live stream that we have going. We do the show live on Sunday mornings 
from 9.30 to 10 Eastern. And right now we're doing the Mystery Bird Contest and you're eligible to win. As long as you haven't been a winner here in the past six months on Talking Birds, the way it works is we give some clues as to the identity of a bird. We play the sound of that bird and invite you to call us at 781-837-4900. And we urge you to call as soon as possible so we have enough time to do the Mystery Bird Contest. 781-837-4900. Here's the sound of our bird. That is the sound of our bird. A little hard to hear. It's not that, I think, American crow in the background there. It's the one in the kind of the foreground. Our mystery bird is a small songbird with a dark streaked brown back, whitish underparts with brown or blackish streaks. On the breast and sides, it has a whitish crown and eyebrow stripes. And usually, this is a kind of a big clue, I think, a small yellow patch just in front of the eye. Our bird winters in the southern U.S. and Mexico and summers in much of the northern U.S. and Canada, feeding mostly on seeds on or near the ground. It was named after a southeastern city by famed ornithologist Alexander Wilson, who collected a specimen there back in the 19th century. Beautiful prizes, including the cute feeder from Droll Yankees, makers of the world's best bird feeders. This feeder even has a height-adjustable dome and holds a cup of sunflower seed or mixed seed or fruit or mealworms. Bonus prize, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. Clues and prizes and sounds in our mystery bird contest the key is to call us and tell us what you think it is. If you know definitively or want to take a guess, because remember, no correct guess means a drawing. We'll determine our winner from all guesses uh, received. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. Meanwhile, Mike O'Connor will uh, help answer a listener question on our Let's Ask Mike segment. We call it Let's Ask Mike Live, and it's here in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. My name is Joshua Shore. I'm calling from Milburn, New Jersey. I became a Talking Birds ambassador because I really enjoy birding and I want other people to be able to share it. I love being a Talking Birds ambassador because as someone who came to birding late, I found it very helpful to be part of a community. I wanted to share that with other people. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talking Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Click on the contact button and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at TalkingBirds.com. And thanks. So we have folks on with us this morning from Australia and now Cape Cod, which is almost as far away as Australia, I think. I haven't looked at the map lately, but we'll find out when we welcome Mike O'Connor, uh, who's down there at the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Good morning, Mike. Morning, Ray. Good morning, Freya. Good day, Mike. You know what, when you did that little thing about Australia, I've, I've done yeah. some birding there, and you can't oversell that. That is such a good place to go birding. Here we have 
the tropics, we have South America, we have Central America, have Africa, but a lot of those time, those places, English is a problem, travel's a bit of a problem, you have to go with a group to stuff them in the back of a van somewhere driving around. Australia, you get off the plane, you hop in a rental car, you go wherever you want, the signs are in English, the people are great. If you can deal with driving on the left, it's one of the best places <laughs> to go birding anywhere. And wow. I would I would go every day if it wasn't, you know, 200,000 miles away. Yeah. Well, my only question is, why don't we have the Australian Chamber of Commerce sponsoring this uh, show today? <laughs> exactly. Right. We really missed out, on, it, you know, we, retroactive we missed out on that, I'll tell you. Well, we want to go to another place here, Mike, for a little listener question that we received from our friend Wink down in Atlanta, Georgia. He says, uh, Ray or Mike, I used to put out a hanging Niger or a thistle seed feeder every day, but since I rarely had goldfinches or any other birds eating from it, I took it down. It seems like there's one day or one week a year when they come to it. Is there a certain time I should be putting the thistle seed feeder back up? Wink down there in Atlanta would like to know. Oh, the Winkster. Yeah, the Wink Man. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. we mentioned this before. And, and yeah. Thistle used to be hugely popular in terms of getting goldfinches and in the winter siskins and sometimes red poles. The, the trouble is Thistle slash Niger comes from overseas. Most of it comes from Africa. And they discovered there's some noxious weed seeds, not the Thistle Niger itself, but there's other seeds mixed in. So in the 80s, the government decided to try to sterilize the seed, so they heat-treated it, mm. and that kind of took away some of the goodness, some of the, uh, that the birds wanted. And then mm. in, in, when, in 2001, they did it even more, mm. and so it really shortens the shelf life on thistle seed. So my advice is to buy small amounts, because mm. it seems to have a very short shelf life and the goodness runs out of it quickly. Based on just my customers, a lot of my customers, because we're a summer place, they feed the birds in the summer and then they take off in the winter and they come back in the spring and the birds aren't eating their seeds because this dries up fairly quickly. So, Wink, what I would do is buy fresh seed and buy it from a place that sells a lot of bird seed, you know, to try to avoid, you know, like a hardware store where it's stuck between the mouse traps and the pesticides, you know, get some place that has, it's not all dusty and just buy small amounts, enough to fill the feeder two or three times and if the birds keep coming get some more, but more importantly, when you fill the feeder get out the old seed, don't top it off just yeah. kind of rotate that seed each time so it doesn't get all the Clean it up. Well, we're going to start growing niger seed in our Talking Birds garden, Mike and then we'll supply yeah. you with that, right? For, uh, and Fred, for... thank your mother for the rabbits <laughs> See you next week, Mike. Okay, see ya. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Regular contributors include expert birders and authors such as Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and others. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. Back at the Mystery Bird Contest, trying to identify this mystery bird. 781-837-4900 is the number to call, and I think... Uh, Tim is uh, struggling with all of our whiteboards over there, and some of them are falling. What are you talking about? It's a computer. Floor. Computer. Oh, the computer. Yeah. Excuse me. The Shh. computer. Um, Secret. <laughs> it looks like a whiteboard, but it's actually a computer. My goodness. Yeah. Well, let's see. We have uh, on computer bank number one, we have uh, Julie, I believe. Is that right, Tim? Are we going to Julie in Weymouth, Massachusetts? Good morning, Julie. Oh, that was not a good sound. That sounded like the like a hang-up of a phone sound. Am I right? That happened last week, but our caller actually turned out to be there. But this time, not working for, for Julie. Okay, 
Let's try Jane in Hummerock, Massachusetts. Good morning, Jane. Good morning to you. Good morning. Great to hear your voice, Jane, and you sound very chipper and bright, and I wonder how you'll do on our Mystery Bird contest. I'm listening to so many right now here up in Hummerock, up in Fort Cliff. Oh, nice. And I'm one who also yeah. would love to have your show a little longer on Sunday mornings. A little longer. Would you make a well, note of that, Tim? All right. We'll work on it, we promise. Thank you. All right. So let's see. Uh, oh, yes. Mystery bird. What do you uh, what do you say the mystery bird is, uh, Jane? Well, I, I think it's a golden crowned kinglet. A golden crowned kinglet, Tim, is what uh, Jane... Oh, it does sound like that is perhaps not the answer oh. that you were looking for there. Yeah. Too bad. Top quality guest, though, uh, Jane, and thank <laughs> okay. you very much. Uh, thank you. All right. Great show. Bye-bye. Thanks so much. 781-837-4900. We have almost run out of time, but we have time for Allison in Santa Clara, California, I believe. And we have Erica in Oakland, California. Where are we going, Tim? Uh, we're going to Erica in Oakland, California. Good morning, Erica. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Sorry we're so short on time, but what do you say our bird is, uh, Erica? It's a savannah sparrow. It is a Savannah Sparrow. Wow. Nice job. And you're not anywhere near Savannah. Erica, thank you so much. Stay on the line. We'll get your info and send you all that nice stuff. Thank you so much. Freya McGregor, thank you for being with us here. We are so out of time. See you next week. The bird show. I like that. I love birds. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. And proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. Ocean State Bird Club loves talking birds. Every month we invite you to see the latest avian activity around Rhode Island on one of our free walks. Check out our schedule on our website, OceanStateBirdClub.org. And follow us on Facebook for the latest and greatest in birding that Rhode Island has to offer. Ocean State Bird Club. 